The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z dot com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Peace and love, family. Bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. We get together and talk about everything going on out here in these streets. What's going on in these cocoa streets? Yeah, stuff that we, as in myself and Barry... Feel that not only us, but everybody should be saying something about yes everything going on out here in the traffic as we bring in episode 31. Man, episode 31, and I'm happy to say that you're here alive because <laughs> the other day, bro, what was going on, man? You jumping out of airplanes on me now? What's yeah, come skydive on. Come skydive on. So as a black man, with <laughs> yeah. all the things we got to worry about on the ground, on yeah. this planet that they claim is flat, right? Yeah. You decided to jump up in the sky and fall where you may be. Yeah. With a parachute, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which one did you go to? Which uh skydive spot? Uh a spot in Lodi, California. The same one that about hella people died. Over Somebody there. died maybe a couple weeks ago. So someone died a couple weeks ago and you decided to go try your 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 luck. Uh somebody died on Highway 80, someone died on on the I5, somebody died it, it, like I mean uh, it, my thing is that... But uh, you are trying to die. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to die. What the hell do okay. you call that? You jumped out the freaking, um, you know, plane? My, my leap belief... to the sky? Yeah, my belief system is is that uh, I have no desire to die. I have no no plans on dying anytime soon. But hanging I'm not... Out with, hanging out with me is kind of risky. But I'm not afraid to live. Okay. So, they're, they're, I'm the type of dude, like, I traveled and I went to other countries by myself. They're like, man, do you know the language? Eh, kind of. Yeah. Do you know anybody? No. What are you gonna do? I figure it out when I get there. Like I don't have those, uh, I don't have those fears associated with dying. Yeah. So uh, and also the way that my brain kind of works, and I think you think it's optimism <laughs> when we talk about things or people, is that I kind of live in a, a creative and intellectual space of possibility. So like I don't like to have walls around the way that I think, and so sometimes I notice that starts to happen. So I do brand new things which opens up new perspectives and new ways to do things. I think some people probably would say the same thing. Drug addicts would probably say the same thing, that they do, that they expand their mind with, with drugs. I just try to do it with life experiences. Like, I just get around different people and do different stuff. And so... Like skydiving. Skydiving's one. It's just, Don't ever call me about that. And if you <laughs> do it again, make sure that I'm on the policy. Yeah, it, it's not even like well, my brother is, 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 is the beneficiary. I'm sure you got more than one. Yeah, but it, it's not one of the like I said. It, it's, I ain't gonna be out there every weekend. It's nothing like a brand new hobby, but it's it's one of those things that you can check it off the list. Yeah, well, see, some people yeah. like to do it every other weekend, and I think that's when they end up dying. Yeah. Okay, so the people out there, just brief, the the jumpers, they jump four, five, six, seven times a day. That's crazy. Four or five times a week. So there's dudes out there who go up with like somebody. That's their lifestyle. Yeah, they jump. They're they're down for a couple hours, do something, go up with the next plane, jump again, go up like they're. And you know. I understand, and I understand living life, and I understand the rush of it. But there's certain things that don't give me that rush that I need. I can yeah. get a rush in other ways. Yeah. See, I'm not an adrenaline junkie, so it's not like so. I was probably the calmest dude that they've ever probably seen in the plane. Like even going up, they're like, "Are you anxious? Are you nervous?" I'm not an anxious or nervous so you person. So you was using your heart wasn't beating at all. No. Nah. So okay, so so just, you was already prepared to die. No. Nah. Uh. So well, maybe. So I'm not gonna say prepared to die so, as in willing to. So basically, we're on 31. Yeah. Our last podcast together could have been 30, and Possibly. I would have had to do the podcast by myself, saying, "Sorry, folks." Possibly, but that could have happened on the drive home. That could have happened, to, you know. So like, so, yeah, it could have, but this is. You're pushing towards that, man. Skydiving, bro. They just got someone that died last week, bro. It happens. I don't have those. I, I just don't live in that fearful space. I, I just, you know, I, I, I just don't. You could be better than me. Nah, man. I, it's just, I think that it, it's for me. So I don't ever say that however I get through stuff is what everybody should do. You know, I, I look at, I like to have, a, like I said, an open mind and being open to possibilities and seeing different angles for things. And for that particular event... Uh, I wasn't nervous on the ground. Like mm-hmm. it was nothing to be fearful of on the ground. And when you get on the plane, you're still in a plane. Yeah. There was a uh, Will Smith video I saw a few months back, and it was and it was talking about it. And it was funny. He said when you skydive, he said uh, it's the first time you realize you've ever been on a plane and the doors open. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that stuck in my head, too. It was the first time I've ever on a plane. All of a sudden, the door is open while you're on the plane. But from the whole process of when you get ready to go to when you're out there, it's like five seconds. So, like, you're sitting there, like, you're just sitting there talking, and then all of a sudden, you're up. You don't have time to be nervous or fearful because from the time it's like you're up, you're moving to the door, you move to the door, duck your head, grab, grab, grab and you're out the door. And then you pull the little cord. So you you jump, you go out, and you hit the free fall. Free fall is just like you're just flying, like just mass wind blowing at your face. I saw the little pictures, all the little skin pulling my head back, like a sharpe. You know, a little, you know, a little extra skin. The air was blowing yeah. all the way back of my head. Uh, and you're just flying fast, and it's just high wind. Then you pull the the parachute, and it's just dead silence. Cause the way sound it bounces off of off of things, there's nothing to bounce it off of. So it is probably the quietest you've ever heard in your life. So it is just complete silence, complete calm, and you're just chilling. Like you, you're, and so, are you jumping by yourself, or there's someone? It, so for me, it was somebody else. Okay, so, so I, an instructor is jumping with you just in case you don't pull. Yeah, so in the beginning, because I when after you jump a few times, you can jump by yourself. This yeah. was my first time jumping like this, so uh, the, so I, I was talking to the dude as calmly as I'm talking to you. Like it was so quiet, we just had a conversation. And while you're going down. Yeah, and so then they give you the, give you the, the cord so you can control. So he's like, okay, this is how you this is how you do it. So you pull to the right and you start going to the right. The harder you pull, the faster you go. Like you get control of of, of flying. <laughs> So it was like you get your Superman on, like you just pull it and you get, you know. And, and that's the rush that people get. It was a cool I experience. I can fly. It was a cool experience. So you're was, telling everybody, all the all the listeners right now, go ahead and skydive at least one time. If you want to, if you want to. I'm I, telling, I, I'm telling you, don't I, do it, y'all. I ain't telling nobody to do it. I'm saying for me, it was it was a cool experience. And really, I went, actually went to support a friend. That's the reason why I went. It wasn't like something I randomly came I up with. I understand supporting a friend with the cancer, but uh, skydiving, no. Uh, hey, you know, it got me. It was, it was a nice little support thing. a friend. They were doing poetry, skydiving. No. I went and then went about the whole experience from start to finish, from showing up to on my way home was an hour. So after, you know, it, it was knocked out in my morning and then met up with y'all at the African market. And, and now you're here. And I'm here. So, I mean, it's. Right, let's... <laughs> wow. Hey, you know, gotta do stuff sometimes. You are my idol. Gotta do stuff sometime, man. Not, I don't, yeah, you gotta do stuff sometimes, but you don't gotta do that. A night in Vegas is enough skydiving for me. I swear, if people really looked at what my life is, this is by far not the pace car. Like, this is not. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I, I live, I, I live my life how I do it. Okay. Well, I but I think that that's important. You know, that we have to. That I think that we don't do enough. I think that we like to put people in boxes. For how we think they're supposed to be. And then when they do something that's outside of the box that we think they should be doing. Yeah. Then we all of a sudden uh, either get in our feelings about it or uh, our our image is broken. You know, if anybody knew me, if, like my friends that have known me, I've had the same like best friends since like the eighth grade. So like they the ones that know me know me know that this isn't too crazy to hear about me doing. Yeah. People who don't. This is like so left field. And, and I think that we don't have that type of same thought process to our quote unquote heroes, you know, people that we look up to. Uh, it, it shoot, started at home. Maybe dad, you know, dad is dad until we find out dad is a man. And and he's got some some things about him. Got a side piece that shatters oh, wow. the mold of the superhero. That's dad. Dad's an alcoholic. You know, MLK was a womanizer. Yeah. You know, then all of a sudden about that at all. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden our our image gets shook. And I think it's important to to say something about that. We have to remember that people are people outside of the people we see them as. Yeah. You know, because there's there's a lot of stuff going on out here in the news where people are starting to, you know, the curtain gets pulled back a little bit about how people are just being themselves. Yeah. And that doesn't fit the mold that people think they are. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they emotionally hell break loose. Oh, you know, mostly hell breaks loose for the people that were in worship. Yeah. Their image gets shook. But for them, I think that they just have to weather the storm depending on what decision they made. Yeah. So, um, okay. So one thing that, that was a brother that we both uh, have had opportunity to meet and speak to was, uh, one brother, Dr. Umar, (laughs) haha, the brother, brother, Dr. Umar, Dr. Umar Johnson. He was on the Roland Martin, the news one show. And he was kind of uh, 
he was addressed about some of his views when he did the Breakfast Club interview with uh, Charlemagne and Angela Yee and DJ Envy, yeah. where he was addressing uh, his views on interracial marriages, uh, about you know family structure, community stuff, whatever. So he was kind of brought up about some particular points, and that interview went. It wasn't even an interview. So if you never, if you haven't seen, it, if you haven't seen it on YouTube, it was really an ambush. You know, the Roland Martin interview, okay, so not the that, Breakfast Club okay, yeah, interview. Roll into that, you, you, all right. That's what I'm saying. So the Breakfast Club interview was just the yeah. interview, and so then after that, the Roland Martin interview was addressing the Breakfast Club yes. interview. And so uh, something that Umar had said was, you know, if you're a black man and you're married to a non-black woman, you have a hard time get, get earning my respect. So what do you think about that? Let's let's start with that. What do you think about that? How do you feel about that? Uh, so first and foremost is to me, that's a thousand percent fine for him because he didn't say um, he said, I'll, he said, I don't care how much work you do. And I'll acknowledge the work you do. He said, just personally, you have an issue getting my respect if you're married to a non-black woman. OK, but so, let, me th- let me let me throw this. So okay. you have an issue with getting full respect for dating. A no, no, no. I, I, I'm saying I don't have an issue with him saying. No, that. I'm saying but he's saying. Yes, 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 yes. He has issue. Yeah. So then. Should we take issue that he lied about dating a stripper? No. So this this is what what I was saying is so if he said this man say if he was right here sitting yeah. across from me, this man is saying I have an issue. You don't have an issue getting my full respect because you married an Asian woman or or a Hispanic woman or a white woman or whatever. Then that's all. This man has an issue. That's all it is. This particular dude, I I may not get the full respect from him. Why would that hurt my feelings or my spirit or my soul? It wouldn't. Yeah. It would just simply be this dude does, w- would have an issue. Get, I could do all the work in the streets, work with the kids, the elderly, elderly work systemic stuff in the school system, all that. And he's going to look at me sideways because I have a non-black wife. <laughs> That's all that is. I'm not changing who I am or what I do or what I'm about. That's just simply one dude's opinion. But do you really think that it affects the work that you do if you're doing the work that you say you're doing that by not having a black wife or a black woman having a black man that okay. is okay so counter-effective so i'll start specifically with me as before we talk big picture so for me i'm not married so so you gonna date whoever you want no so so realistically it it wouldn't affect anything i'm doing now one way or the other because i haven't picked a wife out of any group of women so if you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, you don't have a black wife, so you're not committed to helping kids or helping the community. Or, I haven't chosen any wife. So that that to me would be an example of why that wouldn't matter. Now, if my rhetoric was uh, black men need to only be with black women, yeah. then I chose a non-black wife. Then that's a completely different conversation. Yeah. That still wouldn't have anything to do with the work I was doing. That would have to do with the stand that I take if I'm about what I say I'm about, you know, and, and being consistent. Yeah. So for him to say you, you got an issue getting my respect regardless of how hard, wh- how much work you do in the streets. And Roland Martin's whole campaign is he kept trying to uh, list prominent black male figures who had non-black wives. Well, what about Harry Belfonte? What about such and such and such and such? What about such and such? And he kept trying to get Umar to change his stance yeah. on who he respects. And I'm like, that's irrelevant. If if, if dude said, I don't want to, I don't fully respect the dude who doesn't have a black wife, leave it at that. Well, I think that the whole, I don't respect the dude because he has a black, um, he has, he's a black man and has a white wife or vice versa. I think to me it's just you know doesn't really it doesn't really sink in you know yeah. in a sense of it I understand like I said working with the brother and in, in, in different areas of you know vending and hearing him and and he coming to Sacramento and, and building with the brother I mean the brother's a solid brother on contents of what I've asked yeah. things with him personally I don't really know him on that level just the building part yeah. that we've had so I I, I give respect too but. I just think that it's kind of like a contradiction in senses of, okay, well, you don't respect the man that has the white woman, but then at the same time, you know, you have the stripper. And then you try to create this idea that the stripper was trying to set you up. And she might have been. Yeah. But in the same, let, let, let's look at it how we look at it in a perspective. 
you're going around saying that you're abstinent. You you don't have sex. Yeah. You don't do that. But then you're turning around. See, that's hold on, hold on no, no no no. I'm, I'm keep yeah. going. I wouldn't. Uh, and, and then you're turning around, and then you're saying, well, oh, here's the stripper that got me on blast. She's lying. Yeah, I did have sex. Well, you're not even really deal with the issue you created this idea that it's a government agent you created this idea like she was to blame yeah like that that whole thing to me is like bruh first of all by how you move and how you how i see you you don't have to tell me nothing i already know with all these bad black women that are falling all over you you hit something all right (laughs) just let's be men and let's man be man secondly even if you were, you don't have to speak upon your business. You went out your way to sit there and create this perfect facade. That's my issue. So when you go off and you say that you particularly don't respect people, eh, eh, I, all clear, the whole interview was ambush style, yeah. no doubt. But I think sometimes you just have to just basically kind of use those moments and say, that's what they do. Because in a sense, in a clear mind, you look at Frederick Douglass, a guy that he holds reveres, and he says it's his actual uh, relative, right? Yeah, yeah. That he, of course, had a black wife and then had a white wife. Yeah. But you hold him in such revere, and it doesn't sound like you have um, lack of respect for this man. It seems like you have a lot of respect for this man, right? Yeah. So when you say these kind of things, I do understand the point of, Black men and black women going out, jumping in the pond and pool of other cultures, it does not help the black family at all. So I am more or less uh, for black unity between black men and women. And I say black men and women. Clearly, listen, black men and women. So I don't want anyone to get it confused because the other things, that's also a a problem at sense well. People probably be upset with me by saying that, but I just look at it as that's problematic. I just sometimes think that some of these Negroes, when they get so high up at a mantle, that so many people hold on to their words like it is the Bible, like it is gossip. And I mean, uh, the gospel, excuse me. And we sometimes forget, like, yo, you're listening to a person that is not perfect. You're listening to a person that has failures and has faults. And at times could come off a little bit more fraudulent or arrogant. Not saying that he is, but yeah, no, these, I get these particulars, right? So sometimes I think that hard stance, it almost sets yourself up for exactly what Roland did. It was almost kind of like an easy ambush. You could yeah. have easily moved and avoided that question to go to something else and really get to the meat and potatoes of what we really need to talk about. I, I, I get that. And, and so with uh, 100% correct in sense, he never had to address his his bedroom activity. Never. He never had to come out and say I'm abstinent or I'm do whatever. It. Yeah, no, nobody does. I mean, no, I, mean, I really don't because I know yeah. with like social media, people want to see. I give you what you need, not what you want. Yeah, yeah. So I'm giving you exactly what you need, not what you want. You're going to see imagery of great fatherhood, of mentorship, but I'm not going to go ahead and scale out all my different relationships and, and post up about this. Yeah, that. Which I'm is, not doing it. Which is why that part wasn't necessary. And when it came to, I think the two part for the, for the, why the Roland issue was bad is, is so let's just say, so number one, if you take, if you're not familiar with Dr. Umar Johnson, his big uh, platform mainly is addressing um, the special education fraudulent system that goes through our school system about the misdiagnosis of special education because Which my brother is on point about yeah so if your child is is uh, diagnosed uh, to be uh, ADD ADHD and put in special education the school actually gets more money per student per special ed than they do quote unquote regular students and so there's some behavioral issues or whatever if the if the child has uh, doesn't sit still. Maybe he's having some emotional issues or responses due to stuff at home, or maybe just his diet. He's hopped up on sugar and caffeine all day and has an issue sitting still. They'll say that he's got behavioral issues, label him ADHD, put him in special education. And get that money. Yes. And once you get that label, a special education flag is like a felony to an adult. Even if you change schools, put your kid in a different district, once he gets that label, that label follows him everywhere. And when you go to a new school, the school doesn't want to take them out of special education because they get the same financial come up that the previous school got. 
So if you're if you're like, I'm gonna move them out of this school and put them in a different district. As soon as that that little that little special education felony follows them, they're gonna suggest that they keep them in special ed so they can get more money. Dr. Umar really addresses and goes into that the misdiagnosis for prescription medication for kids, uh, the the uh, the the necessity for uh, black parent households, black man, black woman together. Uh, these are the things that he really stands on and that he champions. So my thing is, is that when people wanted to, to pick him apart for um, for his views on interracial marriage or even his views on having two baby mamas that he didn't marry, I look at show me the information that he presents that is wrong. So people say well, they, they question his his actually being a doctor. They question uh, what he's doing with the money for his school. And last time they, I remember, Malcolm X wasn't a doctor or didn't have a degree. Yeah, Go ahead. so they, they, they question all these things about him. I simply start with is he's addressing the issue of the preschool to prison pipeline, how our kids are being uh, improperly educated in the school system, how they're being misdiagnosed and put on medication, how they're being how parents are getting railroaded and, and, and giving them information on using advocates to make sure that their kids aren't just getting ran through the system. I don't care who he sleeps with. He's addressing, you know, the significance in his mind that black men and black women need to love each other and be together and build within their community. I don't care who he sleeps with. Like it, it, it show me the information. Now, let's just say he's being fraudulent with the money he's getting for his school. Yeah. Let's just say that he's creeping with a white girl in, 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 in the cuts. Let's just say he's he's doing all these things that are character flaws. None of the information that he is presenting in these. Show me the information where it's flawed. Now, that, that's that's where now, I care. Here's the only problem that I have with when Negroes get to this position. And I always take this stance on it. I have no problem with Negroes having worlds. That we don't need to know about. Yeah. But don't present a world that you're trying to front on that ain't you. Yeah. Right? Be who you are as you advertise it. You know what I'm saying? If you're advertising this, that's what I want you to be. Yeah. That's why I don't go eat at fast foods. That's not what I'm gonna get. You're not you're advertising something that's faulty. Yeah. That's not gonna be the burger that I'm gonna consume and buy, right? Okay. When you're at a fancy restaurant, like let's say Ruth Chris. They advertise it. it's probably going to be the best steak and this is the amount of money that you're going to get. And when you get that damn steak, you know, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you understand. OK, like I get what I'm paying for. I understand. As advertised. As advertised. So this is the only problem that I have. It's not saying the fact that we don't all have character flaws when you create this imagery that I am all God. Because see, the thing about it, the concept of what people believe in is People want to believe that you're perfect and the fact that people want to believe that you are better than them. Yeah. So that makes it easier for someone to buy in because you're doing to. something greater than whatever I think I could do. Where you're speaking with these words that I don't even know how to pronounce or even know the definition of. Right. Yeah. Where you're this great guy that has all of these followers that's doing as you say. I can't do that. So I'm going to follow you. I don't participate in that. Yeah. If I see fuckery, I see fuckery. If it's bullshit, it's bullshit. I am who I am. I say I'm a real model, not a role model. I say role models play role. Look at Tiger Woods. Right? It, yeah. I'm a person that I have failure, I have fault, I have insecurities. I am not perfect. I'm lame on certain things, and I'm very square on certain things. Never been a sucker, but I've had about five good sucker moments in my life. Yeah. When you start trying to create this image where you know how shallow some Negroes are. You know the mind control that we've been under black folks and how we gravitate to just good words, not action, but good words. Because yeah. it's been the train wreck of black America. The good words from the politician, the good words from the preacher, yeah. the good words from the boyfriend, the good words from the school teacher, right? Yeah. We've oh, The good words from the coach. We've been ordained by that and we've been limited on the effects of action. Now, the wordplay on things that he's talked about, awesome. But I think he starts losing it when you start trying to create this image that you really aren't. And that image is, well, oh, no, I don't have sex with black women. Okay, well, I, I don't have respect for these people that do that. Like, what does it matter? I don't care about that. Yeah. Focus on that. And it comes because once the celebrity starts coming in, with black people, sometimes we start losing ourselves. We get more attention. And then the funniest part is like when he was outing out um, uh, Sarah Setti, 
and then the whole cell phone thing. When he was going, the cell phone rang, and he's talking, but guess what? There was nobody there, and it rang while he was talking. Uh, so it's so it's, the, the, yeah, it's yeah. those kind of moments where you got to look at yourself and you be like, bro, you didn't even have to do that. Like it, it's yeah, a lot of extra, a lot of extra. Lot of extra. So extra. when you start creating this extra, I start looking at your character a little bit different, and I start having to question things. And then with other things that I kind of look when I've conversated with certain individuals, I'm not saying this one individual that we're talking about particularly, but certain individuals, you start seeing things, you start hearing things, and you start, you know channeling in on more directly of what they say and then looking at actually what they're doing from what they said to you yeah it all starts becoming a wave to where now people want to attack you because once you have the ears and the hearts and when folks are so just in awe of you people are going to challenge that and the simple fact that you got these elite negroes like roland martin Come on. He now becomes obsolete because we're now channeling to more brothers that are more courageous, more um, bold and non-fearing of white America and the backlash that you're going to get from it. Right. Yeah. So he has to kind of find a way to fit in because he's no longer going to be a part of what we say is our move forward. If you want to be a part of, well, we'll talk about immigration issues, but we won't talk about black issues or I'll pick and choose a time when I'll talk about black issues. When we know that there should be no reason why black folks are talking about immigration unless it's talking about immigrations of our African um, brothers and sisters. We need to be focusing on gentrification. We need to be focused on economics. We need to focus on the school system. We need to focus on blacker <laughs> issues. So I get that. The one thing I don't understand and one thing I hated about the whole piece from both sides was the simple fact that on national TV, you had a black man who basically set up another black man to be ambushed yeah. by at least two coons that have no clue, no idea about what's going on or what they believe is going on is only in the household or in that little small percentage of the people that they deal with, not black people. I get. I think that's where that part is where most of the people had the issue. It wasn't necessarily that Umar got ambushed on a on a news show is that he got ambushed on a black news yeah. show and it's okay so, because i think i think it's okay and i think a lot of times what we have to understand critiquing and maybe asking questions is okay that's not saying i don't like you we have to get over that yeah. if i'm asking you a question that i feel like i need to know or i'm asking you i remember having a conversation with boyce Watkins, and i and i remember when i tried we, we got in here in sacramento of course how I was doing some negotiations, they said a number that I thought was ridiculous. And I sat there and asked them. I said, boys, what's up with this price, bro? Like, what, like, what are y'all trying to do? I mean, come on now. Like, how am I supposed to do economics and eat? If I'm flying you out, got to cash you out, where, yeah. where am I going to get this? And then he kind of broke it down. And I said, eh, I still kind of see it a little bit differently. But I understand. Yeah. But get that on the back end of people that can afford it. Don't get it on the, the front end of people that are trying to get some understanding and, and educate our people that are yeah. lost. I, I think I said with, with him, it wasn't a critique issue with that particular interview. And I, I get what you're saying about Dr. Boyce Watkins. That just and then we can move on. I, that that whole rolling thing. It wasn't necessarily a, a critique issue, because if that was the case, it would have been a question. The question was answered and it would have went to the next question. Yeah, it was ambush. It was I asked you a question. You answered the question I asked you. So I'm going to ask you the same question again, slightly differently and slightly differently and slightly differently to get you to change the answer that you keep giving me at that point. And contradict yourself. Yeah. Well, at that point, you don't want to have a dialogue or an understanding. Right. That's just simply I'm trying to impose what I, my opinion or my view on you yeah. to change what you're saying to me. That's that is not a dialogue. That's not good journalism in the sense of trying to uplift I'm each other and understand each other. But but that that's because there are some people that that they were because I've seen some of the, the responses in, in, in comments to that inter interview. And there are some people who were hung up on the idea of, yeah, well, he was this and that referring to Umar about his character flaws yeah. and they're bringing him out to the light and this, this, that, whatever. If that was the case. Then it would have been a, a conversation that was addressing. Well, let, let's do the full breakdown on, you know, when they address the school, yeah. if you're going to talk about the money. But who a man personally respects or his personal opinion of another human being, 
that is completely separate, in my opinion, of, of work you're doing. Because you can go historically through some of the quote unquote greatest scholars and the people that we revere for their for the information they passed down. Maybe they, they were worries. wartime generals, <laughs> maybe they were scholars, maybe no they were whatever. Well, if you look at, they were great at something, yeah. but if you start picking apart who they were as people, yeah. you'll find that they were human and had a bunch of flaws. Yeah. You know, so the folks that we look at, you know, we, we revere Brother Malcolm, but it, but when you look at his life in its totality, um, this was a person who was a... Detroit Red. Detroit Red, who was, uh, you know... A pimp. A pimp, say drug user, <laughs> woman beater. He put his hands a on liar. chicks. Like, I mean, so you could Crook. say, yeah, so you could say, well, he was this, 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 this. Yeah, but we're talking about this particular work. Yeah. You know, Brother Martin, who was, who is the quintessential go-to guy yeah, when they talk dope. about integration, yeah. and, and that's the guy that could bring people together. I have the dream. Do it like Mal- do it like Martin, not Do like it, Malcolm. Yeah, well, while he was out creeping on Coretta during their entire marriage. Yeah, white girls too. Yeah, so if you look at you know <laughs> Martin, he was sleeping around on his wife all the time. He just had a woman that when when she was pressed by the CIA, they're like, we're gonna put all his infidelities on the streets, and in the news, she said, go ahead because the struggle is greater than my marriage. Yeah. And they had no leverage yeah. to, to, to get her to, to give him up. Because had that happened, all the wind oh. would have came out themselves. But when she <laughs> when they realized they, they're 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 going to try to move the people, if they're starting with his wife, look, do you know you do, his husband do this, this, that, and the third? Yeah. She's standing you, by her man like she stood by. his wife. Yeah. And she's just like, you're you're not I'm not going to be the instrument used to dismantle the work or flaw yeah. from the work that he was doing. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we don't do. Not at all. You know, even if you take Bill, you take Bill Cosby speaking, addressing Camille. Bill Cosby, if, if if what's being accused of him is true, and we're just for the sake of discussion say it's true, um, that is a horrible and deplorable behavior done by a human being on this planet. Am I questioning him being a good man? No. <laughs> but when I look at the nine figures that was dedicated and given to HBCUs. All the black people that were inspired to go to college and get advanced degrees, the the push for what that show did of of showing a, the best representation of a successful within this system black family and something to aspire to. I don't negate the work. Yeah. I don't sit there and say, oh, the Cosby show is trash and the image is garbage because of this man's shortcomings. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I well, can separate the person from from the I can you know I can compartmentalize, yeah, but, I see, but I don't see that's the thing about it. I don't buy in to the character that they present, right? Yeah, I'm not. Ju- I can still watch the Cosby Show because he's playing a character. Yeah, right. That means the work. The yeah. work is the work, but at the same time, what he has represented and what I've seen, what I've heard, what I felt with some of the impact. Yeah, you give money, but then you slap us in the face. I'm not into that. You know, I'm not into anybody. That thinks you could give me hush money. I'm not into anybody that's and the political people do it all the time. Yeah. You know, they'll they will donate a hundred thousand dollars to the boys and girls club in the same place that they're helping gentrify. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I I'm not into that part. Yeah. Because I, it's a very slippery slope. And I think that what we find ourselves in to we find ourselves as black folk that we don't ever want to look deeper. When someone is accused, when someone may be faulty, it's like we have this unseen loyalty that don't even want to check in and say, well, you do know there are 60 women that accused him of rape. And guess what? You think that all of these 60 women are all trying to set a bill? Nah, Bill ain't getting Bill wouldn't do that. That's the white man setting a bill. Sometimes you got to get off the mantle and say, stop looking at uh the Huxtable, look at Bill Cosby as the man, not the guy that played uh, the, the Mr. Huxtable yeah. or whatever the hell his name was on the Cosby show. Yeah, I Straight disagree up. with that because I think we look for flaws in people. I don't think that there's anybody that we've ever hoisted up that we didn't start looking for, for what now that may not be the end all be all that we don't mess with them anymore, but I can't think of anybody that we hoisted up that we didn't start looking for the, for I the think you, you that know. In the age of social media, I think that it's more profound. I probably will agree with that. But in those days, like, think about it. We just are now learning Michael Jordan and guys like Charles Barkley how bad of gamblers they were. 
and everything about Michael I wanted to be like. I wanted to fly. I wanted to drink Gatorade. I wanted to have my wristbands. I never even wanted to think a bad image. When Magic Johnson came on in 92 and said, or 93, 92, right? And said he had HIV. I was crushed as a kid. How the hell did you get HIV? Magic, I thought you had this wife. I thought you were just a good guy. The smile. Maybe you had a few tenderonies, but I thought that you were smarter than that. You... And there was one particular time you did not want those people that you idolized to ever have fault. Because, again, it goes from the statement of they are doing something greater than self. Something greater and something I can imagine me climaxing to. So why would I want them to be down here with me as a common folk? Okay. Until I got older and I saw they are exactly who they are. Common folk with more zeros on their number. I think – so maybe I preface it this way. Maybe I'm different. Because I remember growing up, and I think, and, okay, so this may be something to, to attest to. I had parents who consistently drilled in, uh, okay, so something my mom used to teach us all the time when it became, whenever we get mad at somebody, and she would say, don't hate the person, hate the things they do. And so, you, I, as a kid, I remember being able to separate people from what you did was just a part just a component just just you know just a box just a, a block in this whole big lego building that is you so even if i saw people who were doing great things i could still say okay this is something they're doing but that's not who they are yeah so i, I can say that maybe how my experience growing up was different because i remember the stories of jordan in the 90s the gambling and stuff whatever um and then when when magic the the aids thing in magic i wasn't so offset because i knew who he was running with like back in the nineties, that's back when he was running with Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. And, and, yeah, and all. Well, maybe he was watching more TV than me, but there was not that much exposure no. for these guys. There's pictures, but there wasn't the way you see it and hear it now. It's like on the second, by the second, on the dot. No, 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 no. I get that. That's why I'm saying I'm speaking for me because I think maybe because I said I think this is just saying something maybe to what the environment that my parents raised me in was really about. Uh, separating people and really looking at, at, at individuals. But I do know for a fact that that's not the norm because we get hung up on images of people all the time. We don't even call them by their name. We call them by the character they play in the movie. Yeah. You know, we, we, we could... If I show you know, Sylvester Stallone, we call him Rocky. We call him Rocky. You know, most people don't even know who Carl Weathers is, but they know Apollo Creed. All on Schwarzenegger, we call him the Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, so I think a lot of times we get, you know, we, we get hung up on, on, on what that image is. And I think where we're falling short big picture you know moving away from 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 dr umar is that because this is a trend that has nothing that's not one guy no. you know that we're not separating people's rhetoric from the life they live to the work that they do yeah because uh, another example that came up was a brother got roasted this week your boy brother polite now uh and i'll say this i was first introduced to brother polite by way of uh metal world peace aka ron artest yeah and uh, Artest was a Sacramento king here, and he he was really promoting and speaking that he this is his spiritual advisor. Oh, so he was bringing him out this way. So, well, he was bringing him up. So that's who I first I, Ron Artest is how I ever heard of, of Brother Polite. Mm-hmm. Now, that I'm I'm low end because I know I've seen apparently he written a thousand and one books and and all this literature. I wasn't privy to that. I was only heard of him by way of Ron. And so as I started to hear his his speech, I got it. Yeah. You know, he seemed learned, well-read, uh, you know, his breakdown and diet of what you consume, not only uh, your food you eat, but the information you take in, the TV programs you watch, the music yeah, you listen to. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, this is an example of I listened to the information that was presented. I saw a few of his interviews. He did a Breakfast Club interview also, yeah. a Vlad TV interview, yeah. a couple of those. And, and I was like, OK, I, I take the information for what it is. He's one of the major hitters out there. Right? And I was just like, OK. And I moved on. Like, I. Brother Polite is not in my quick Rolodex when I start thinking of names. Like yeah. he doesn't pop up like that. But I did, however, see him pop up this week. With young Becky. Yeah, got him a little blonde hair. Uh, Becky with the good hair. Yeah, but let's not say from what we know from the knowledge that's just a friend. That's. A I don't know who she is, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. only going off of the reports that I saw nah, in the roast. Because I know he's got four wives. Yeah, he has four wives. He believes but, in polygamy. Yeah. For, well, for folks who don't know, yeah, he's I, got four I, four black wives. I'm not knocking that at all. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a later show. Yeah. But now, um, it's not necessarily a girl that he's sleeping with, allegedly. Okay. Right? But just being a man, 
you're going to have to have some real, real good discipline, especially, you know, if and I don't want to ever hear black women argue the fact that other women of other cultures give it up faster because I've had plenty of black women that I've met misnomer. in fine seconds and it went down Miss, in the car yeah. or in the back end. Misnomer, yeah. Whatever, right? But the fact that you now, with, with, with brothers a lot of the times as well, when you're not known, it's easier, right? It's easier to move. People are not paying attention. But then when you start getting known, your, your, your dollars start, you know, Adding up, yeah. doubling, tripling. Now you become a spokesperson for like a community yeah. here, the conscious community, right? Now, once you become this spokesperson, you know, you have other spokespersons. So it's almost kind of like a Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. This is Magic Johnson here and it's Larry Bird. We're trying to fight for supremacy in this league, yeah. right? This we the face of the be, franchise. Yes, yeah. we want to be the ones. That's why LeBron James had a big issue with Curry. It's like, whoa, how many times are you going to throw me off like I'm still not the guy? Yeah. Hence the reason why they won 2016 because it was like this is my legacy, not just a championship at this yeah. particular time for Cleveland. Now, Polite has gotten to a level where he has hit superstardom, I would say, in the conscious community, where not only the picture with Becky has raised some eyebrows, but just behavior, dressed, him, him being a person that is a conscious and more in tuned about white supremacy, but yet still you have floor seats at front of the Lakers. Now, here's the thing. I don't ever want to mix conscious with being broke because I think that's what some people feel. Yeah. Like I'm not going to drink my a coconut uh, milk and have my, my spa with, with, with shea butters and all yeah, this yeah. incense burning and walk around with no shoes and say I'm conscious. I'm one with the earth. I believe in we all should get some of the finer things in life. But to a certain extent, yeah. especially if we know the scale up, when we are dealing with communities in a black community that have so many rural areas and you're putting yourself as a black leader that's saying that I and others have to work on these areas where they're being underdeveloped when you show up right at floor seat tickets for a prominent team this is not the Philadelphia 76ers yeah Minnesota Timberwolves we're talking about the Lakers yeah this is prime time this is Jack, uh, Jack Nicholson this is uh, a Whoopi Goldberg yeah. this is you know, on and on, you can name the people that have sit. These are big time players. Hear this Negro, internet superstar, <laughs> black conscious brother, right here. And then now, from the rhetoric that you use about how the black woman is God and everything else outside is a devil, and you're really speaking a lot of white hatred. And my thing is, where people, when they put, I put up stuff about white folks, I have never said I hated white folks. Yeah. I dislike white privilege and I hate white supremacy. If you can, if you fall into those categories as a white person, then hey, it is what it is. But if you don't understand your history and knowing that you have gotten a certain privilege, that you have been given a certain boost over many cultures, especially black, if you don't get the frustration of black people because we created a country and no got got no compensation for it. Yeah. And still, every time we bring up reparations or we bring up enslavement of our people, we get looked at with a with a side eye and someone get tells over you, it. get over it, yeah. stop complaining. That's my problem. Even though I understand the trickery, I judge people on people. That's what I do. I judge people on people on how they're going to move. I am aware, though, of cultures and how they interact. Right. Okay. I definitely am race first, but everybody else is race first. The problem is when we as black folks stated now going back to polite, when you're speaking this rhetoric, preaching this this kind of thing, you've built up your base of individuals who will die because of your lectures, your intellectual, um, you know, prowess. Now you turn around now <laughs> and you get contradict. Caught with, now you get caught with Becky. And have this picture, whether you got caught with Becky or whether you did it as an experiment, there's two, three pictures out there. Yeah, I, that's what you. I saw a few pictures. Yes, so not of like, you with her. So now, yeah, same girl. Same girl. Now, okay, this is a good friend 
or you're fucking her. Which one? But now, if it's a good friend, you're trying to because you're very intellectual and you know how the Negro mind works. And at the end of the day, some Negroes can be child molesters. Certain niggas will still rock with them. Yeah. Don't understand it, but that's just how Negroes work. Yeah. You're now trying to say, well, this woman loves me for my blackness and kind of throwing shade to black women that are saying, well, you know, okay. she's, well, hold on a second. No, she's no, it going wasn't to interrupt you. It was the F. He's saying that this is his woman. No, 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 no. He's saying this woman as this white woman right here. Yeah. This Becky. Not saying his woman per se. No, no. Is he saying she is his woman? No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Not saying that. But just saying that how she, because she's also wore like this, 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 this beautiful ass swimsuit type dashiki, right? Oh, okay. I haven't seen yeah, that picture. Yeah, you see that picture. I've yeah, seen that one, yeah. Got to give her credit. But he's now saying this woman looks at me as a human being. So it's almost kind of like, so what are you saying? Your four wives ain't doing that? He on the All Lives Matter now? Oh, my. It's almost kind of, it's very shaky. And okay. says, I should be able to love or I'm supposed to be able to embrace those who embrace me. And you know what? When Negroes kick that and you shoot them down and then you turn around and have gotten the light and now you want to sit there and try to switch it up. It's confusing to a lot of people. Okay, so for so just so like I said, I I don't even claim to be overly familiar with this brother. So, but I do know I have seen some of his stuff, and he was questioned on his uh, stance on saying that white people are the devil. Yeah. Like so, he was in a particular interview. He was pressed on that. He said that you know, and he was saying that where he was from originally, the face of oppression is white people, yeah. and this is something too is. Because some people of other nationalities and stuff don't quite get that. So if you're black in America, if you get in trouble in school, the teacher you have is more likely than not white. The principal they send you to is more likely than not white. The cop that arrests you is probably white. The, the public, the, the, the prosecuting attorney is probably white. The judge you get is white. Your probation officer is white. Like in the United States of America, your boss is probably white. Yep. So the face of the pressure, your oppressor, the, the person who can always tell you what to do or discipline you is white. Is white. So if you take the stance of your if you're saying white in that respect is not is is all encompassing you you you're white cuz why I say that is because he was saying when he went to travel around the world and he got to get out and experience other cultures and in other countries he would say people that he associated with white he would find out to them they're like I'm not white so he was saying like I'm somewhere and he was like oh this is a white person they're like I'm not white I'm Albanian I'm not white um, this. I'm not, he said, well, where I'm from, all of this is white. Yeah. So he was addressing that in some of his previous stuff, he had one way of thinking. And as he got to travel more and see other experiences, maybe even similar to what Malcolm was like, how he viewed white people in, in Islam until he went to Mecca and saw that there were white Muslims and Asian yeah. Muslims and all that. So I don't know how much of this is a degree of uh, new information, you know, new information changes situations to where he's got a different perspective because he's had some new life experience. I said, I don't know the brother. I've never, I, you know, I'm not overly familiar with him, but I would say if his platform was based on white folks are the devil and everything falls under white people yeah. that, that he was using before, and now he's on some she loves me for me and people should be able to love who they love and click with who they click with, I get the roasting. Yeah. Like I, I get why folks are coming at him with both barrels because they will be seen as a, as a hypocrite. But how much of that is him being a hypocrite versus him in some ways evolving and that the fault falls on the people who just follow the words that come out of somebody's mouth and just run with it? I, I look at it like this. I can't I don't even I can't knock none of these brothers with their, you know, banana and their tailpipe hustle. I don't knock any. If you can get a few people that buy in and cash out then that's you i think that what i have an issue with and the problem is is more or less the people that buy in okay we've always had an issue with idol worship we've always had it it's the same thing and i love using i always go back to the Le lebron james example why because it shows you the center and the face of america about how prejudice is how racist it is how Black men cannot stand for themselves and do things without white man permission. Okay. When LeBron decided to say, hey, I'm taking my talents to, to South Beach, yeah. he was vilified and he was a villain. And you still to this day have people saying, well, that was one, one thing that is probably on LeBron James' record as the way he did it. Well, the way he did what? 
I mean, did, did they ask Jimmy Butler if he wanted to get traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? No, Here's this young lion that is the anchor of the franchise for Chicago. Let's just trade him to Minnesota for okay. a bunch of bumps. So in saying that, we always get upset at the individual that duped us, but not upset at ourselves. For getting that duped. didn't get duped. Like, okay. We should have never bought the Kool-Aid anyway. My whole thing is, I appreciate all these brothers, because all these brothers have given us insight. Yeah. I love it. So, I take the information that they give, and I know myself, because I'm in the game as well, as, as giving information and, and teaching our people and empowering. I do not buy in to these Negroes because I don't know not one person that is perfect walking this face of the earth. Yeah. And I do understand that money is going to change you for the better or for the worse. And with certain individuals, if you've never had it, if you've never even had the opportunity to even sit in the lap of luxury of dealing with the so-called Beckys, I fortunately at a younger age did it. So I'm done with it. I've already had my good run. Right? I've had my good runs of my Beckys. And to be honest with me, see my some of me, my boys were probably the original Becky Slayers, if you want to call it like that, right? Yeah. Living in Marin County for the time that I was. We was like that was unheard of, black males running around with all these white women, you know? Yeah. So we were ahead of our time. So we fall into these traps on a daily, on a regular, buying in to things we don't know. Because it sounds good, it looks good, and these intellectual hustlers come around and and plank this picture, creating you to go run out and do everything they say, pay up, and then they do half of what they tell you, and then at the same time, they keep on asking you to give, give, and then I ask, what are you getting back? All you're getting is information. Okay. Most of these Negroes I know haven't gone to the cities that they've gone to and established any business from what I know. So let's let's slide it on. Let's remove from the intellectual hustlers. So just the idea of following rhetoric, trends, following personas, following narratives, because I get so we have, you know, quote unquote, conscious community yeah. brothers. We have the intellectual circles, the the the, the Christian factors, the yeah. you know, the religious okay. folks. But we have a history of just following behind Popularity. Now, here's the one thing. So, exactly what you're about to say. And the biggest um, example of that currently is Donald Trump. Okay. So we'll, we'll okay. <laughs> let's, let's, so let's run with that. Because yeah, there's a couple of things we want to get into, you know, also when we're in this show. So Donald Trump, uh, Donnie T. 40. Number 45, the pussy grabber. So a guy who is notoriously uh, the king of spin. Guy who stays in the forefront for the last, I don't know, 60 years. Can I say something to you? Yeah. You're fired. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's got a homie who they've done a lot of business together over the last, you know, like I said, 40 years, uh, made mo millions and millions of dollars together, who's campaigning for him right now is one Mr. Don King. So, ah, yeah. And so Don King is out there campaigning right now saying that uh, Trump knows what it's like to be a black man. That Trump is learning now what is that he knows what it's like to be a black man in America, and so that should sound crazy to everybody. Uh, but Don King is somebody who's known for taking information and and creating narratives, painting pictures. Uh, he was, you know, all the way back to Ali, what he was doing back in that era of fighters, all the way through the the, the Tyson era, uh, creating, you know, big productions. Uh, Don King and Donald Trump have been friends for forever. You know, they made each other a lot of money in all those boxing events. You know, the Trump Towers all, you know, for, for decades and decades. And he is somebody who has continuously got us on board with his rhetoric, though we know Don King's a crook. Like we, we <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like we know he's shady. It always been shady. The whole what was it? Uh, Pernell Whitaker got hung out the window on some yeah, Suge Knight stuff. Damn. Like I mean, we we <laughs> he is notorious. See what he did to Mike Tyson. Yeah, what he did to Ali too. Uh, I mean, we, he's known for Larry Holmes. Like, he's known for just being a shady dude. And so we get hung up on the, these popularity things and keeping it with boxing is is you know kind of looking at Floyd Mayweather. So you know guys that we get behind, guys that we turn on. Like we just get. I, I just maybe the question is is that. What is it about us? Because I'm not putting it on the, 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 the guy. I'm not putting it on the guy who's popular. I'm not putting it on the guy who's, who's, who's slick with his words or who maybe he's good looking, whatever. 
What is it about us or that's going to shake us out of just falling behind people? Because like we got Floyd Mayweather who's getting ready to fight Conor McGregor, guy who's out there throwing racist tone, tones and turns, whatever. It's to the point to where now Mayweather is the hero in this story. I don't know. Well, no, but, between amongst black people to yeah. the two because of all the oh, racial because of all the racial things that, that McGregor is saying. So we're now shifting to a point where black people are more supporting Mayweather now than we have in years. And this is a dude, a convicted woman beater. Yeah. Uh dude who has just been who has just crapped on his people time, time and time, time again. Man. You know took pictures of Donald Trump. Yeah, we just keep getting but what is it that's gonna get us out of the sheep mentality? We are definitely sheep in so many different levels, and I think that What's going to get us out of that is the ability to see that we can do it ourselves, okay. that we could do certain things that these people are doing. When I look at individuals who preach whatever they preach, I sometimes say to myself, well, how can I benefit my people? When I created my youth to youth program for Voice of the Youth, I took some money that I already in- earned right, and invested and said, you know what, I'm going to invest in my young people and get seven young people and put them to work this whole summer, right? That's some of the money I could have kept for myself, but I said, yo, if I'm going to preach this black empowerment, youth empowerment, let me put my money where my mouth is and let me get these kids jobs. I'm going to actually go to programs that I know need youth to work or create a program that I can have youth working and say, here, you'll be placed and give them money, right? So some of that stuff is us having that self-empowerment to say, you know what, hey, good, or even a sense of like, this is just pure entertainment, I'm not buying into the whole gimmick. Yeah. Now, going on the whole uh, Floyd thing, what I think is so funny is that this just shows you where we're at in America. Where is Conor McGregor from? Ireland. Where is Floyd Mayweather, uh, Floyd Mayweather from? Here, I'm not sure where okay, he's from. Okay, he's originally. from America, right? Yeah. He's America. So, if it was Floyd Mayweather white, Conor McGregor white, wouldn't there be the American chance? I mean, USA usually, versus US, Ireland, yeah, would be. Wasn't the, it usually? It looked but, like Rocky Four. Exactly, yeah. right? But <laughs> the Conor McGregor thing is, it's it's so hilarious that when a white person has this mavado and this mystique and this swag, it's celebrated. When the black person has it, they're cocky. They're arrogant, right? Because yeah. this is the same blueprint that Floyd Mayweather had that Connor took that white people love. Yeah. And in the same sense, their white darling, the girl that's been knocked out, the great white hope yeah. that they were putting up on a pedestal, that's that they even allowed her to say, what's her name again? Rousey. Rousey. That they even allowed for her to speak as if she had a chance a beat to beating Floyd Mayweather for, uh, like, literally they was making it a issue or a conversation and it was like are you freaking kidding me right now it just shows you how we are pulled in by media creations right yeah by the constant verbiage or as long as something is constantly advertised in your face and someone is sharing it we buy in all the time when we don't use our mind to look at it as it is supposed to be where you have a Connor who now can get away with being a little pig. And then you look at Floyd and we're still going to talk about the things that he's done, that he's went and got convicted of. Yeah. Right. But my thing is bottom line overall, don't buy into any of these characters that they present. It's okay to be a fan in a sense, but don't be so fanatic to where you are just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, Floyd Mayweather can't do any good, no wrong. Uh, Conor McGregor can't do any wrong. Like, no, yo. And your whole world is shattered. And then your whole world is shattered when you see, like, OJ in, in, in the uh, in the white pickup truck driving on the slow highway. Slow roll. Slow roll in the Bronco. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that's a piece of, like, get off of the worshiping, idolizing, and the fanboy shit. Pick your big boy pants up and look at it for what it is and for those people that know they have these followers and these people that are worshiping them you have to also be up for some critiquing when people have questions don't see it as well no you don't nah we just asking you a simple question but i don't believe in the ambushing but a, the hell i don't believe in a, um, idol worshiping as well because i think that when we get these impressions of people when we grow up and like i said sometimes it may be dad in the house it may be the teacher the coach Maybe the, the stars on TV or the guy or the woman who plays with the team that we watch every Saturday or Sunday, that these 
images that we get of people that we have to understand that they're people, that yeah. they're human beings, that they're men and women, that they're capable of faults and foibles, that they're not going to walk the perfect straight and narrow every single day of their life. And that just because it's the person that they present, that doesn't mean that that's the only person that's present within them. And so that we have to make sure that we can make those lines of delineation and, and, and separate those, those types of things and look at people for who they are. And so when we notice these things about them and when we notice that maybe there's some things that are inconsistent, that it's okay to address them, it's okay to acknowledge them, and it is okay to, you know, say something about them. Say something. Uh, Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axius. Where can folks find you online? Barry Axius Facebook, Barry Axius Twitter, and, of course, at Instagram and BlackBlueprintsWithAZ.com. Man, I've been waiting for, like, I'm your blogs, bro. Like, when are you going to send something over? I told you, man. We, we, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Jermaine Morris on Facebook. It is uh, at J. Morris CEO, every other social media platform. I'm Jermaine Morris. This is Barry Axius. Yes, sir. Say something podcast. And until next show, tune in, ma. We will holla at you later.